Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's good, everybody? Welcome into Early Edge Live, our prop spectacular for week 16 of the National Football League. Things are getting very, very serious. If you are new to the brand, first of all, welcome. We do this show every single Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. We encourage you to watch it live because the lines move just as soon as my stars give them out. Now, the article that you all wait for so patiently on Sportsline for my guy, Prop Stars. We have now moved that to Saturday, and so that will come out later. And why this is so important, especially right now, because COVID has ravaged the entire NFL. It's so important before you place any bet that you know who's playing, what's playing, where they're playing, all of that stuff. And that's why we're here on a Christmas Eve grinding for you. So let's bring in the stars of the show. And you know them, and look who's back this week. Oh, did we miss you, Uncle Dave? Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you celebrate. Merry Christmas to you, Coach. What is up, Alex? It is great to be back. Major, major props to Sia for stepping in for me. I'm, uh, uh, yeah, you know, something's not right. Uh, give me, give me one sec. I'll be right back. I'll be here. Oh, okay. Well, oh, maybe, maybe I started early, Alex. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he wasn't ready for the show. I mean, it, you know, I'll just I'll look at the chat. Mark's there. David's there. Big cheesy. Trey, what's good? Kelsey, of course, running the chat for us. Oh, Mark is excited. Dave's back. Edward. Oh, my goodness. And they're all talking about that Russian hockey game that is now six to f- Oh, oh, now we're talking. Now we're talking. It didn't feel back, right today. Oh. Oh, Sia almost wore a sweat suit jacket last week for you. Yeah, I know. Did. And yeah. it's crazy how uh this this is what he remembers about me, not the great <laughs> fantasy picks, not the <laughs> conversations that we've had about fantasy football here in the offices of CBS Sports HQ. It's the jacket, but I'm happy hey. to wear it. I like it. It makes me feel like a, a prop prognosticator more so <laughs> than a fantasy nerd. And I'm ready to rock and roll. Thank you for being patient with me now. We can continue with the show. It's all good. I had a chance to say hello to a bunch of people while you were gone for those 15 or 20 seconds. And by the way, Sia would have done that, but all he had in his closet was golf shirts. So he didn't have anything that he could (laughs) actually wear on the show. I'm sure. Yeah. 
I'll keep it like this. Just see it. <laughs> he would appreciate that. Uh, looks like you're feeling a little bit better today, Mr. Prop Stars. Yes, I I am indeed, Coach, and uh, yeah, it helps to see Dave. It feels like Christmas came early. We've got Dave's return to the show. I get to spend my Christmas Eve with you as well, Coach, and we've got NFL props. This is the best. Oh, and apparently we're helping Grant out because Grant in the chat says, I've got COVID, so rocking the day with you all. Hopefully some props to make tomorrow nice. more exciting. Any of you out there that may have COVID or the new variant, whatever it is, please be careful. We work in the world of sports every single day, and right now COVID has ravaged every single league. There's games being canceled all over the place, and I have uh, I got to be just completely transparent. I'm very, very hard on teams that are ravaged by COVID because last year the Seahawks didn't have one. It can be done, but we're getting very loose where teams are going out. You got to stop. And when there's millions of dollars on the line, let's get back to what we did last year when we played through it all. Now, guys, you're both big WWE fans, right? Right? Huge, huge coach. All right. So before we get into the show, I know you guys always like a story or two. It's Christmas Eve, so we can do what we want, right? So I was thinking as I was getting ready for the show today, it reminded me of my mother used to love to bitch at me about working on the holidays. Why can't you come home? Why can't you do this? She never understood my career. Then I get into pro wrestling, which I, right when I started my career, and I was at the mall in Salina, Kansas on a Christmas Eve, and I get a call from my boss. Vince wants you to come back to Connecticut and shoot a bit for the show on Monday. And I said, why can't we shoot it on Monday? Well, Vince wants to shoot it tomorrow. I said, Christmas day. They said, yes, we need you to drive to Kansas city, three hours, fly here on Christmas morning, shoot it. So then Vince can get to Florida in his $13 million penthouse apartment down in Florida for Christmas night. So what do you think I did? You got on that plane. You're damn right. I got on that plane. I never told him no until I refused to go to Afghanistan that one time. So my mother, you talk about an angry mother (laughs) when your son leaves on Christmas Eve to fly back on Christmas day, but he did me a solid. The female I was dating at the time, he said, I'll pay for you to go five days wherever you want to go. You don't have to go to raw because you're already shooting this bit in Connecticut at our offices. So I got five days with my girlfriend at the time. And my mother still doesn't know that to this day because she would have said, how come we didn't come back home? Come on, mom. Come on, mom. There you go. <laughs> that was just part of my life for 10 years, 10 years. All right, here we go. Uh, we got a lot to get to today. Again, props very, very careful. My guys have combed through them with a fine tooth comb because so many lines are going to move, but some of the lines aren't even out yet. By the way, what time does your article come out tomorrow? Alex, it comes out between 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. Eastern. All right. And if you're a Sportsline member and you turn on those notifications, you know the second that it comes out. Can't preach that enough. All right. So on this show, if you are brand new to it, if you have a prop that you are interested in, that you're looking at in any game, put it in the chat. We'd appreciate if you have it in the game we're talking about to follow the games as we go. But you can put them in there. I'll write them down. We'll get to as many as we can. And my two guys, Uncle Dave, Alex, are so good, you can throw anything at them, and they can answer it for you. All right, let's get into our first game, Browns and the Packers. Now, this is a Saturday game, guys. 4.30 Eastern time. The total is 46. As a morning show, we have them in a teaser, teasing the Packers down to one and a half. But, Alex, I'm going to start. No, no, no. Dave, you're back this week. You're going to get to start. And uh, we don't care about the side. 
We don't care about total on this show. We care about props. So Dave, start us off. I, I love the teasing down on Green Bay to get it under a field goal, by the way. Uh, I think we're going to have a little bit of conflict here with this first one that I have. Oh. I'm taking Nick Chubb under 18 and a half rush attempts at minus 125. The only way that he goes over this amount is if the Browns somehow keep it close with Green Bay. And let's just lay it out for you. The Browns played on Monday against Las Vegas. Heartbreaking loss for them. Now they've got to go on the road on Christmas to take on the Green Bay Packers. Uh, that makes me a little concerned, just that setup. Chubb, as far as his rushing attempts go, he's been over this total five times against Las Vegas last week, wins against Chicago, Detroit, Minnesota, and a high-scoring loss to the Chargers where Cleveland built a two-score lead. So all these games where the Browns were either competitive and won or got out to a big lead and then were able to run the football in the second half, that's when he was able to rack up these carries. When they're playing from behind with a third-string quarterback against the Green Bay Packers, <laughs> I don't know if I really like Nick Chubb's chances to rack up a lot of carries. The Packers will have had that extra day of rest, and they're getting Kenny Clark back on their defensive line. This dude is massive. He's like two of me, and I'm a pretty big guy. But that dude's <laughs> twice as big as me, and he's a hell of a lot stronger than me too. Here's the last thing. Four running backs all year have had at least 19 rush attempts against Green Bay. Alvin Kamara in week one, that was that weird blowout game where the Saints just crushed Green Bay. Green Bay didn't look like they even belonged in the NFL at the time. Since then, they have. Khalil Herbert with the Bears because the Bears are scared to throw the ball. <laughs> Daryl Williams in week nine. And Dalvin Cook in week 11. Week 11 is the last time a running back had this much work. I don't see the game script for Nick Chubb to get a lot of carries against Green Bay. So I'm going to take the under on this one. I love this play. Based off of your explanation, doesn't mean I'm going to play it, but I love the play. Now, I want to listen to you said that we got to have a showdown, sort of. And now I see what you're talking about because it's not technically the same bet, but they're not correlated. So I see what you're saying. But Alex, talk to me and then we'll we'll, we'll kind of chop this up a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, yeah, I am going <laughs> Nick Chubb over 83 and a half rushing yards. Uh, yeah, for, for starters, Chubb is averaging 92 rushing yards per game. He's had at least 83 rushing yards in 11 uh, or excuse me, eight of 11 games this season. Uh, we've got Baker Mayfield. There's a good chance that he's returning this weekend. Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, and most importantly, Jedrick Willis, the left tackle, is set to return to the Browns lineup this weekend. That should be a very significant addition uh i his rushing attempts as we know is set at 18 and a half as dave <laughs> mentioned uh, but in games that chubb has had at least nine carries he's eclipsed this in all five games this season and an astounding 22 of 23 career games that he's had at least 19 carries he's gone over this number furthermore green bay ranks 25th in rushing dvoa this is a very good matchup on paper also green bay doesn't really blow anyone out yes they have 13 wins they lead the league in wins but all these games are close one possession or 10 point game so cleveland is going to run the ball they are as committed in my opinion as any team in football to running the ball even when they're trailing no kareem hunt nick chubb is the engine of this offense while Obviously, I think the yards is a much stronger play than the rushing attempts here. I do believe that Nick Chubb is going to be the focal point of the offense. I often talk about the path of least resistance as well. Uh, this Green Bay secondary and their pass defense is very stout. And that is not an area where 
there's a big emphasis placed from Cleveland. So they are going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball when they're down, in my opinion. And I do do anticipate Chubb having a big game. <sighs> DR in the chat says, I'm liking the sound of this. Smells like a showdown almost. See, when you run your own show, you can make up the rules, which is why people love us so much. We invented the Sportsline Showdown. No other show does that. We do it. Now, we can make history today, gentlemen, for the first ever showdown. If you guys are in, first ever showdown of two opposite bets. If Alex wins and you don't, Dave, then he wins the showdown. If you win and he doesn't, he wins the show. If you both cash the tickets, it's a push. Anybody in? I'm in. I'm in. Damn it, yeah, let's go. Jeweler, let's go. Oh, I love it. All three people dancing in our first game. I swear to God that I will retire. <laughs> sort of. If RJ White ever dances to a showdown bet. <laughs> <laughs> he won't do it. He's never done it. No, he's done do a it? showdown. He won't dance. He won't dance. He won't dance. Yeah. No, I just want a little head bob. That's all I want. I just want a head no, bob. No, no, no. He's got to go. He's got to be all in if he's going to. A head bob. I could. I, I would imagine he would at least give a head bob. No, he won't. He won't. I tried it the other day. And he won't. I said pull an Uncle Dave, which we all know means standing up and dancing. He wouldn't pull an Uncle Dave either. Oh, so I missed my chance to stand up. I guess that's what I should have done. That's what you do. I thought you would I stand do it up just and now. dance. I, I, I know. I know. I know. But I that's ruin the bit. No, no. You didn't ruin it. You can do whatever you want to do. I like it when you stand up and dance, though. All right. All right. Well, if we All come right. across another showdown, I'll stand up next time. <laughs> a lot of people in the chat are saying that the number for Chubb is down to 82 and a half. Uh, so, but we're going to go with 83 and a half for the showdown bet. That's going to be the official number. Everybody cool with that? Yes. Good with All that. Right. All right. Very, very good. All right. Let's move on to our next game. And again, pound that like button. You know, the jewelers on the ones and the twos today. So if we get to a hundred likes, we will drop a one time first come first serve year long membership code into the chat. We got to get to 100 likes. All right, game number two on the board. Colts Cardinals, also a Saturday game, 8:15 Eastern Time. This is a fascinating game because we also, guys, on the morning show, we have the Colts in a teaser up to seven, which I love. Cardinals are really struggling, yet they are the favorite here, minus one. And Alex, I'm going to let you start this one. What do you got in this game? Yeah, so uh, Dave and I were on opposite sides on the last prop. This one, uh, we're going to be similarly aligned, and that is Zach Ertz over 44 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, last week, Ertz played a season high 89% of the snaps against Detroit. He's led the team in targets since being acquired from the Philadelphia Eagles in week seven. He's had at least 42 receiving yards in six of eight games since joining the Cardinals. He's averaging 6.1 targets, 49.7 receiving yards as a member of Arizona. Uh, we know no DeAndre Hopkins. He will uh, he's on injured reserve. Rondale Moore is also a game time decision in four games. Sands Hopkins on the field. Ertz has gone for three catches, 27 yards, eight catches. 88 yards and six catches for 64 yards. James Conner is also a game time decision, which could cause the Cardinals to go even more pass heavy than they were planning. Uh, he has the third, or excuse me, uh, the third highest share. 
Indianapolis gives up the third highest share of targets to tight ends in the NFL. They also rank 23rd in DVOA to the tight end position. So this is an excellent matchup, both on paper. Uh, Ertz's usage should see a significant bump this week with the injuries in Arizona's pass catching corp. So, yeah, I absolutely love this prop. This is probably my favorite one of the week. No, wait a second. That's flag, flag. You heard him. He said favorite prop of the week. If you have it in your book, play it right now. But you also want to hear what Uncle Dave has to say. Dave, what is your prop in this game? So I was originally in on the over on over 44 and a half receiving yards for Zach Ertz. And I put in a lot of research into it. And then I saw that Alex had squatters rights on it first. I can't, (laughs) but I found one that's even better because it's got better odds. For everybody who can go ahead and play it. And it's Zach Ertz over four and a half receptions at plus 110. So you don't have to lay the juice with this one. The odds are in your favor. He's had at least five catches in three of his last four games. He's had 18 targets from Kyler Murray in his last two games, including 11 in the first game without DeAndre Hopkins last week. This is an interesting stat that I kind of study a little bit from time to time, and I really want to hone in on it now. When Arizona has two and a half seconds to throw or more, Ertz has 18 targets over his last four games. That's the most on the Arizona Cardinals. So think about it like this. The quarterback has more time to throw. That usually means the quarterback finds Zach Ertz, and Zach Ertz gets the target, certainly has a chance to make a catch. That's what we're looking for here are those receptions. Now, when Arizona has under two and a half seconds to throw, Ertz has 11 targets over his last four. That's fourth most. It's a little bit worrisome. So how much time will Kyler Murray have to throw a pass in this game? Glad you asked. You didn't ask. I asked for you. Here's the answer. (laughs) The Colts have the fourth highest time to throw allowed to opposing quarterbacks at 2.88 seconds. Round that baby up to 2.9. They also have the eighth lowest pass rush pressure rate on the season at 28.4%, fittingly tied with the Cardinals. So I think you're going to see Kyler Murray have a little bit more time in the pocket. And when he does, that's when you can see Zach Ertz pick up a little bit more in terms of targets. When he catches those targets, he gets receptions. When he has a reception, he gets those yards. So both of these props, I love. I think Zach Ertz is a top six tight end in fantasy this week. And I especially love all of this if James Conner doesn't play, because I think the Cardinals will have a hard time running the football, just period, in general, because this Colts run defense is legit. And I think that even if Conner's out, it's going to make it harder for them to run. And you'll see Zach Ertz pick up those short area targets with a paced, calm Kyler Murray who's trying to bounce back after two really bad games. Yeah, we're on Kyler Murray, the rushing prop from the morning show. AB is on that over 26 and a half as an official play. So I think you're on it, Dave. And I love, I love, and I guess I'm a little bit shocked with the linebacker core that the Colts have that they're rushing Uh, defensive rushing stats aren't a little bit better, to be honest with you, as far as getting pressure on the quarterback. So that's a great Chick-fil-A nugget of the day. There's one other other thing I want to point out from this game, and this happened literally within 20 minutes of us recording the show. Quentin Nelson apparently went on the COVID list, and this is the Colts' best offensive lineman. They were already without center Ryan Kelly, who was their second best offensive lineman. He's dealing with a really personal tragic tragedy Mm. right now and so Quentin Nelson also not playing that's the interior of this Indianapolis offensive line that's going to have a hard time protecting Carson Wentz so if anybody's about to ask for any Colts props in this game including Jonathan Taylor's rushing prop get ready to hear that ugly five-letter word 
under. <laughs> Great information that you only get right here. Sometimes it's not the player, but it's another player that affects the player, especially in the prop market. Where did I learn that? Right here. Mike in the chat says, or Mark says, if you can make a bet when the line goes in your favor after Alex makes it official, you better get it in. Truer words have never, ever, ever been spoken. All right, on to our next game. Ravens, Bengals, big time matchup. Both teams are eight and six. Both teams playing for the top spot in the AFC North. The number is Bengals minus three. The total sitting on 45. So, Dave, let me come to you because I am personally very bullish on the Bengals this week as a team. Who do you like as a prop? I'm bullish on the Bengals as a team as well, and it'll really send a statement to the rest of the league if they sweep the Baltimore Ravens. I think Mm -hmm. they'll have a chance to do it behind Joe Burrow. I think he gets multiple touchdowns in the game. So two-plus touchdowns for Joe Burrow at minus 130. It's a lot of juice to lay. And it's interesting. He has two or more passing touchdowns in just one of his last six games, yet there's extra juice on this one? Why? Hmm. Because the book is expecting him to have a pretty decent chance at having multiple touchdowns. And I think it's partially because the Ravens have allowed multiple passing touchdowns in four of their last five games. But I also think the style of defense the Ravens play, which is this man-heavy principal coverage, is what Joe Burrow crushes. Against Matt coverage, Burrow averages 10.6 yards per attempt. That's tops in the entire NFL. It's two and a half yards more than what he plays against zone coverage. He has a 10.3 touchdown rate versus man coverage. It's that stat that made me pick this prop instead of the Joe Burrow yardage prop, which I also like. Burrow's had over 300 yards in two of his last three games. He had 400 yards against this defense earlier this year. But I think I feel a little bit better with the touchdowns than I do the yardage. And he had over 300 yards against the Chargers and San Francisco. Sorry, he didn't. Those offenses had over Mm -hmm. 300 yards against the Ravens lately. And Denver's defense, I, I think I screwed this up. Let me read this for a second. It's okay. It's, it's so far, oh. the last 20 seconds have been smooth. Smooth. I, I don't know. <laughs> Vince had my head on a platter if I did this on his show. Could you imagine? Okay. I'm, even, I'm not even going to bother reading this. It was about Burrow okay. and the three hundred yards. I'm much nicer. I'm much nicer. This is, this is the piece of resistance. Thank you for not making me fly to your, to your office on Christmas Eve. No Here's problem. Here's the last thing. This Ravens defense, especially in the secondary, is just decimated by injuries and by COVID. And they're going to have a hard time keeping up with the receivers in Cincinnati. I think big games are ahead for T. Higgins. He's a top 12 fantasy receiver. Jamar Chase, top 12-ish fantasy receiver. I like Higgins a little bit more. And I think Burrow's a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Big game in store, multiple touchdowns for him. To back you up this morning in our storylines on the morning show, the maestro said that the defensive coordinator from the Ravens was quoted as saying, we don't believe that we need to double team Jamar chase at all in this game. Well, he's right. Because if he does that, he's going to get slaughtered. The defense will get absolutely annihilated by T Higgins and Tyler Boyd and CJ Uzama and everybody else. But if he doesn't Dave Jamar chase at 200 yards, the last time they, 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 they not double team him. they can't okay. do it. I, and, and I would agree with that. He's going to have 200 yards. My point is play the over on Jamar chase. He, he's going to, he, he annihilated this team the last time they played. I mean, it wasn't, they couldn't even, they were nowhere close to him on the field and you're totally not going to double true. team, but you're right. Totally they've got, they've, true. 
I don't know how many games he's had north of 80 yards since then, though. He's been very, very quiet, and and I'll give you that. He's been very quiet, but he's going to explode on Sunday. Now, you mentioned another name that we are also as a show on, or should I say more particular, my man Prop Stars is on. Floor is yours, sir. Yeah, I am extremely bullish on T. Higgins, this Bengals passing offense as well. I love T. Higgins this week, over 64 and a half receiving yards. Listen, Jamar Chase might get all the hype. He's undoubtedly one of the best rookie wide receivers we've ever seen. But T. Higgins is no slouch. He is elite in his own right. He's quietly having an excellent year despite all of the hype that Chase gets. Higgins is averaging 70 receiving yards per game. He's eclipsed this total or this number in five of the last seven games. He's been on fire over the stretch, averaging nearly 85 receiving yards per game. Dave mentioned the Ravens secondary is depleted. That might be an understatement. They are missing every single starter coming in to the season. The injury report is a sight to behold. It honestly may be the most injury riddled depth chart I have ever seen. 19 <laughs> players on the defense alone wow. are on injured reserve. That includes Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, Deshaun Elliott, Chuck Clark. They have one safety on their roster that was on the team to start the season and one corner on their roster that was on the team to start the season with these guys healthy. They were not a good unit. They ranked 29th in passing DVOA. They ranked fifth in rushing DVOA. So they are stout up front. I kind of mentioned this last night when I was backing up the AJ Brown play. I often talk about the path of least resistance and specifically I outlined how San Francisco, they are stout up front. And if you want to beat them, you're going to beat them through the air. And that's what we saw with Tennessee. They attacked them. They, they used AJ Brown. They really exploited San Francisco's weakness, which is covering wide receivers. This is going to be an even more extreme drastic version of that. In my opinion, Joe Burrow is going to have a field day T Higgins is his favorite, his favorite target. He is his safety blanket. When they played in week seven, he had a seven catch 62 yard performance in a season high 15 targets. So while chase did have a massive game, those 15 targets were huge. Just goes to show you how comfortable Joe Burrow is with T Higgins. So yeah, I absolutely love T Higgins to me. He has a much safer floor than Jamar chase, which is why I prefer him. You don't have to validate to me. I just listen and I marvel. John in the chat says Bengals are going to hang 50 on the Ravens. Book it. I agree. I think this number should be higher, but when two teams are tied and the division title is essentially on the line, then it's going to be a three-point game. That's just basically what it is. Uh, Let me come back to you, Dave, because now I mentioned Jamar Chase. Several people have already bet it because I said so, which I appreciate that, but I want to come to the expert. His number is 62 and a half plus 100 at Caesars. I'm tempted to take the over at plus 100. Just the fact that you're getting even money on your bet is nice. And he could get 65 to 75 yards rather comfortably. We know he's not going to get double teamed. That's a good thing. We know that he can beat man coverage. We know that Burrow's great against man coverage. If I were going to go either way on that one, I would take the over. Alex? I'd lean over as well Uh, with Jamar Chase, though. I do believe that he may have 
be somewhere hitting somewhat of a rookie wall coupled with he has a very deep a dot that an average depth of target that typically does not pair with a lot of volume what we've seen with jamar chase is early in the season he had this deep a dot but it was being frequently paired with a high volume of targets those targets have kind of come back to earth recently and we've kind of seen his floor just not be nearly as consistent as someone t higgins whose a dot is a little more shallow who's getting a more consistent target share so yeah chase kind of has a wider range of outcomes than t higgins which is why i prefer t higgins chase is certainly capable it takes one play with him but yeah he's just not getting the same consistent volume so his floor just isn't there in my opinion i would definitely lean over but that is the difference between these two players in my opinion as far as this week and their overall outlook is concerned i'd be oh oh, sorry go ahead dave okay i'm okay i'm gonna go uh i'm (laughs) one of the things that we didn't discuss at all was joe mixon and what his role is in this whole thing and I think he's going to have a hard time gaining yardage because we talk about the Ravens pass defense being all beat up. Their run defense is still pretty good. I know the Packers got him for a couple of touchdowns of their running backs last week. I believe those were the first two touchdowns they allowed to a running back in their last seven games. So it should be easier path of least resistance for them to throw (laughs) rather than run. I also expect the Ravens to be competitive. And you talked about this, Coach. It's The spread's only minus three. The Ravens were absolutely embarrassed when they took on the Bengals earlier this year. I expect the Ravens, even with Tyler Huntley, a quarterback, P.S., he's a fantastic fantasy play. And I know he didn't practice on Friday, but he's still expected to go. I think Huntley gives the Ravens a decent shot to stay competitive in the game. I do, too. I do, too. It's a really high-scoring game. So if that's the case, that means Burrow's going to take to the air even more. That definitely helps Higgins, and it'll help Jamar Chase, too. I think, to your point, Dave, that people can look at last night's game as kind of the game script that we could avoid on Saturday. What I mean by by that is this. That last night, the Titans in the first half, all they did is bang it up the middle, didn't they? Bang, 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 bang. They went nowhere. 10 nothing halftime. What right. did they do in the second half? They A.J. Brown, A.J. Brown, A.J. Brown, A.J. Brown, and he was wide open. He was wide open, and then he made the tough catches when he needed to. You got to give your weapons a chance, and you got to change the game script when you need to do that. And that's what we could avoid if those coaches watched last night. We'll see. We'll see. But I think it's a great point by you and incredible, incredible nuggets by both of you on this game, which is a very, very popular game this week, and it's going to go a long way to decide who's going to be relevant in the playoffs. All right, let's move on to our next game, guys. It is the Broncos and the Raiders. Now, in the conference, it doesn't mean a whole lot because the Chiefs have won a bunch of games in a row. They control the destiny for the entire conference of the AFC. But the Broncos and the Raiders still believe they are playoff teams. So this is a pick em, Total sitting at 41. Dave, I'll let you start. I'm taking Derek Carr to throw an interception at minus 105. <laughs> I'll so, take that all day. Well, <laughs> this just seems a little. I, the, you're never going to find Derek Carr over one and a half interceptions, although I would strongly consider <laughs> that if you could. But the fact that it's only minus you're a savage five makes me wonder. <laughs> all right, what, what am I missing here? He's thrown an interception each of his past two games. He's thrown 11 interceptions on the year. It's already his highest total since 2017 in a single season. So he's only going to add on to that as we finish out the year. Denver's had an interception in six of its last seven games. It feels like Las Vegas could struggle to run the ball in this game. Josh Jacobs, you look at his prop total, it's not very high. It makes me wonder 
if Derek Carr is going to have to throw a lot, especially playing from behind, and it might only be by like eight to 13 points in the second half, but he's going to put the ball in the air. This is a really good pass defense in Denver. And I think they're going to scheme to take the ball away from Derek Carr. And I think Derek Carr is going to give it to him. I think we're going to see what we see in every Raiders game is a bad interception. And then that close up on Derek Carr's face going, what just happened? Yeah. You know that, you know, that look I'm talking about that Derek Carr oh, yeah. gives, but then I th- I saw for the first time a Derek Carr. I respect him a ton as a human being. I think he's an incredible human being, yes, but yeah. as a football player, as a football player, I gained a whole lot of respect for him last week. Cause after the game, he went after media types, not like us who said that they're dead in the water. We respect teams here, but I appreciated the fact that he would say it on national TV. We're not dead yet. We still have some life and we got it done today in what was the weirdest bet game of the entire weekend when it went from three all the way back up to three. I've never seen a six point move like that in a matter of a day. And that's what we saw. You had teams betting on both or people betting on both that won both, both bets. It was crazy. They won by two. All right. Uh, Alex, you're on the other side of the fence as far as your prop is concerned in this game. What do you got? Yeah, I am indeed. This is going to be a little bit of an interesting one. It's Cortland Sutton over 25 and a half receiving yards. Yes, I said 25 and a half receiving yards. This line is just way too low for a player of Sutton's talent. Despite the recent struggles, he's still gone over this in eight of 14 games this season. I know he has not played well, but that has largely been with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Now Drew Locke is starting. At the very least, he's more aggressive as a thrower of the football. In nine games that Drew Locke has started that Cortland Sutton has appeared in, Sutton has eclipsed his total in seven of those games. Uh, Sutton is still playing as many snaps as any wide receiver on Denver's offense. He's running routes on pretty much every single quarterback drop back. He's played more snaps than Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick. He does not come off the field. Uh, Last time he faced the Raiders, he went off for a 14 target, eight catch, 94 yard and a single touchdown game. Uh, Las Vegas ranks 25th in passing DVOA. Give me a player of Sutton's talent level at 25 receiving yards and I will literally blindfold, just click yes on this spot every single time. If it loses, I will swallow it and live with it. This is just an automatic bet when you see a guy at this level of talent on the field as much as he is and potentially a neutral, a neutral or positive game script. You just take this bet every single time and you live with the results because it's going to hit between seven and eight times out of 10. Alex, do you know what you just did? There's going to be some clown out there that's going to say, Alex told me to close my eyes and hit the button. And he's going to do that, and it's going to be the under instead of the over, and then you're going to get a nasty tweet. I closed my eyes, hit the wrong button. Oh, my gosh. That is so funny. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, chat question from Reed. Let's go to let's go to Alex on this one because it's the same player. Cortland Sutton over four and a half catches, minus 114. Uh, his catches is actually at two and a half. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I would not play four and a half. That is probably a misprint on your book. I'd actually take the under uh, if you do have it at four and a half. But, yeah, every book that I have access to or saw, he has set at two and a half. All right. Very good. And that's why I told you, you can ask them anything and they don't blink an eye. I defy you. 
I defy you to go find another show. This is guy. I, I don't care. I, I know I'm arrogant. I don't care because that's how good you guys are. And I, I just love you guys. I don't care. All right. Next game. And if you guys have any props, I encourage you to get them into the chat because this is not going to. What? You want some breaking news? Give it to me. We love breaking news, Uncle Dave. The Bears are going to start Nick Foles at quarterback on (laughs) Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks. (laughs) Not Seals and not Andy Dalton. Nick Foles going to Matt Hagg. Wow. Nick Foles to throw an interception at minus 5,000. Wait a second. All right. Wait a second. So here's the deal. If if this game is still on the board, uh, we got to bet it right now because we're already on the Seahawks. Okay. Okay. Uh, Run. All right. Hold on. Run. Hold on a second. Get it. Get it right. It's at six. Yeah. So I got to get it. Got it in. It it now. Please take it. Take it. Take it. Yes. Yes. I got it at six. I got it nice. at six. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate the two thumbs up. All right. Fantastic. And then in five minutes, you're going to say, you want some breaking news? Russell Wilson on the COVID list. We had an amazing moment on our show earlier this week on our fantasy football today show where Jamie Eisenberg said, I'm going to drop Alexander Madison in my leagues because the only way he's going to end up being a factor is if Dalvin Cook goes on the COVID list. And literally <laughs> an hour later, Dalvin Cook was on the COVID list. That's crazy. That's crazy. So don't don't even joke about that. We want <laughs> Russell Wilson to play. We want anybody who's like halfway decent at football to play at this point. We're losing so many guys to COVID and to injuries. I almost called a couple NFL teams and offered my services this week. And I haven't played in a really, really long time, but I feel like I could kick an extra point for the Panthers. Uh, Drew Locke, Dave, over two oh five and a half. No, 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 Drew Locke, no. no. Actually, to be perfectly honest, this is one that he could go over on, but I, I'm thinking that the Broncos just want to try and win a game. And they're not trying to see if Drew Locke is their quarterback of the future. I think they know that Drew Locke is not their quarterback of the future if they've been starting Teddy Bridgewater over him pretty much the entire season. If you're not starting over Teddy Bridgewater, you're not the quarterback of the future unless we're talking the USFL. So I, I'm thinking that it's going to be tough for him to get over 200 yards. This is a game where you want to hammer the over on the rushing for Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, not the not the like significant overs like Drew Locke. The Cortland Sutton one, I totally get. And it's so low. The bar is so low. You know, he's got to catch two or three passes. You're good. But this is one that I would be very nervous to take. Look at you giving like two or three bonus (laughs) leans, leans. I I went a little heavy on the research for this. So that that was one that I looked at. And I I did a lot of studying on the touchdown total for Drew Locke too, because I was going to take the under on that. But He's had multiple touchdowns in a third of his starts over his career. I thought that percentage would actually be lower. Drew, Drew locking over is not a uh, marriage you want to see, or that is just is not that a something you say. Yeah, just <laughs> if you're thinking about Drew Lock overs, I would just encourage you to look elsewhere. Like that is just uh, not a spot that you want to back, in my opinion. Uh, speaking of backing, Alex, were you? I don't know if you're thinking the same thing that I'm thinking, but when Dave says. I really worked hard this week. It begs the question, the other weeks, are you not working hard, Dave, for, no, for I us in this show? Much, I work hard pretty much every day. <laughs> I, the two I weeks know. that I didn't were the two weeks I wasn't on this show. I can we missed you. That. 
And I, and I love the fact that we have a very capable backup when you're gone because most shows don't have that. C is amazing, but this is your show. This is you and Alex's show, period. End of story. Now, <clears throat> we have one game left. So I encourage you, if you have any prop that you're interested in, put it into the chat. We don't waste time, and we don't just try to stretch to an hour. We finish when we are done. All right, Dave. What do you like in the, or excuse me, this is Alex. What do you like in the Washington Cowboys game? The number is 10 and a half, the total at 47, but which prop are you on, sir? Yeah, I came across this one shortly before we came on the air. And yeah, the more I looked at it, the more I liked it. I don't typically play this category of prop, but it's Dalton Schultz longest reception under 17 and a half yards. I always have to sneak in an under as well because we know coach loves unders. You can spam that in the chat if you'd like. Coach loves unders, but yeah, Dalton Schultz, he's been held <laughs> under in seven of 14 games this season in games where CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup have all been active. He has yet to eclipse this 17 and a half yard number. Uh, I've talked a lot about how Schultz is the odd man out when all of their wide receivers, Dallas's wide receivers are healthy. If you look at the target share, the distribution and targets in those games as well, it's also very telling. Uh, he has been targeted Two, five, three, and eight for a total of 4.2 targets per game when Dallas has their full complement of wide receivers. Uh, furthermore, Washington is actually a good matchup. They ranked ninth in DVOA to the tight end position. Uh, they played two weeks ago. They held them to one catch for four yards on three targets. I also like the fact that Dallas are double-digit favors, uh, favorite, excuse me, which could potentially limit how much Dak throws the ball. Dallas could have a run-heavy game plan. So, yeah, I just think this is a great spot to fade Dalton Schultz under 17 and a half yards for longest reception. Couple of questions. I don't have his catch total, but based off of two weeks ago, if it's three and a half or four, would we play the under? So his receptions line is not out. I was going to take a look at that. Unfortunately, we have minimal access to a lot of props. The only uh, other prop of his that's out is 40 and a half yards. And just looking at some of the numbers with Schultz, he has been uber efficient, which does tell me he's in line for some natural regression, but mm -hmm. even on four and five targets, he's had some high yardage total, but he has still stayed well below this number. So I, I would stick to the, to the under on this longest reception line. And yeah, if his receptions does come out at four and a half, I think the, there is some value in the under there. Uh, I would guess it would come out at three and a half and be heavily juiced to the over, which in my opinion is where it should be but so yeah if you do see it at four and a half play the under if it's at three and a half and heavily juice just lay off of it all right very good another quick chat question for you i tell you guys all the time at home that there are people at sports books that watch this show and they change the lines accordingly that's just fact and my man jason says yeah sudden line moved from 20 and a half to 30 and a half interested if prop would still take it at minus 125 and it changed as you were talking would you still play it up to 30 and a half? 
Uh, 30 and a half. So my edge has him at around 34 yards, which is significant when the line is set at 25 and a half. When he creeps all the way up to 30, that's kind of uh, not the sort of edge that I'm looking for. So yeah, I, I, even though it doesn't seem like a lot of movement, I wouldn't be comfortable playing this one over, uh, say, probably 28 and a half, 29 and a half at the absolute most. So I would pass. There is a chance sometimes when some of these props that haven't had uh, a lot of uh, bets on them they're, they're not a lot of liquidity has entered the market yet sometimes they're they're very volatile to movement so if a bunch of bets are placed quickly it'll cause the line to jump up and oftentimes it'll creep back down occasionally so i would pay attention to the line because you might see it kind of come back down to like 28 or 29 in the next couple of hours or even tomorrow so yeah i'd lay off of it over 30. I'm always amazed at how you can make people in the chat become your puppets. Dave, it's amazing. Alex says something and, oh, it's like everybody, Andy, DR, Kelsey, Joe, Jimmy, Reed, Brent, all of you. Now, one of you said coaches come a long way since the beginning of the year on unders. I have. I've softened my stance a little bit. I softened it a little bit. We made a lot of money with the unders, right, Coach? It's, that <laughs> that, that is you a new believer. Me, that that has caused me to soften me a little bit. I still hate him, but I don't hate him as much. Uh, all right. I believe. Oh, no, no. I got to come to you, Dave. Terry McLaren, his number is 59 and a half receiving yards. I do not have the juice, however. He is a, a massive conundrum. He's been, I think he's been under that in like 10 games this year, something crazy like that. And when he's been over it, He's been way over it. He's almost never like right in the middle. Uh, I refer to him as the feast or famine receiver in fantasy football. People continue to use him week in and week out. I think he's a flex play at best. The one thing I will note, and I can go into my notes and find the stat if you want to, but the Cowboys have given up a lot of deep passes over the balance of the year. And I wonder if that's something that the football team is going to try and capitalize on. It definitely helps them out that he's got uh, Taylor Heineke back under center. Mm-hmm. I, I it's, it's one of those big plays. It could be a 45-yard play that can set him up to take the over. And if this is a game where they don't have Antonio Gibson, I might be more inclined to take the over on Terry McLaurin's yardage. Well, Alex, it's at minus 110 is the juice. On which? On the McLaren 59 and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I, I agree with uh, <laughs> what Dave said. like, okay, I don't care. I don't care. I, I would caution you slightly, though. Dallas is the number one defense at, a, at stopping opposing number one wide receivers, according to football outsiders. So they will be paying a lot of attention to Terry McLaurin. He will be the focal point of the defensive game plan. So, yeah, there are some parts of this that I do like, just as Dave mentioned. But, yeah, there are also some things. To me, it's a stay away, ultimately. But, uh, Coach, I have a question for you. Yeah, give it to me. Tomorrow is Christmas, correct? Correct. Well, I am in the giving spirit. I have an additional bonus play that I'm going to give you guys right now, as long as that's okay. Do we want a bonus play? Of course we do. But first and foremost, we need to do what we do on this show when there's bonus plays, and we're feeding the audience at home. We need to do a collect the three, two, one, feed me. Ezekiel Elliott, three, two, one. Give me, there we go. GIF. Think GIF. Think GIF. Give me more. Give me more. 
Go ahead, Alex. Of course, we'll take a bonus play from you. Okay, you awesome. To? Let's do it. I, I'm interested. I've been looking at the long exception market, so I found another one that I do think has some value. That is Chase Claypool's longest reception, over 20 and a half yards uh he's gone over in nine of 12 games this year including five of the last six games he's had at least a 21 yard reception i also like the fact that kansas city are eight and a half point favorites coaches kansas city chiefs i might add so that's just that just provides some game script or force pittsburgh to have to air the ball out a lot i also like the fact some people may not but i personally like this that he's coming off a zero catch zero catch 12 yards by the way we can talk about how that happened later but yeah he's coming off a zero <laughs> catch performance i often talk about this i like catching a guy coming off of an uncharacteristically bad game this obviously that sort of receiving line would certainly qualify as one of those instances so yeah give me chase claypool over 20 and a half yards longest reception he serves as the deep threat in this pittsburgh offense he has by far the longest a dot average depth of target he's going to get some he's going to get quite a few i think the volume is going to be there in a very very positive game script where pittsburgh is going to air the ball out a ton because they are going to be trailing against kansas city I love it. Dave, what do you got? Does it bother you that the backup tight end ran more routes than Chase Claypool last week? Uh, It's on the radar, but I do think that uh, Claypool's routes have been sort of up and down all season. He's gone as, you know, there's been weeks where he's not on the field. To me, this profiles as a game where he's going to be on the field a lot. I like that he struggled last week. To me, I saw quotes where he was talking about where he has to play better. He's motivated. I think you would agree, Dave. He's one of the more talented young wide receivers. His play has been erratic, but I think that's largely as a result of Ben Roethlisberger just not having the arm strength to consistently find him, coupled with the offensive line not being able to give him enough time to protect to allow those routes to develop deep down the field. So to me, this just screams bounce back spot. He just needs one. And yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. And let's not maybe, forget, these are the Kansas City Chiefs, Dave. The the passes they give up are deep down the field. They just do. They do give they up do. a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I will say that. And listen, we've seen it all year. I don't know about the Roethlisberger arm strength. It's not consistent necessarily. And it feels like Roethlisberger needs like a full quarter to a full half to really get going and to get that arm revved up and ready to play. But he takes a lot of downfield shots at Claypool. I just worry about how many there actually will be knowing that Claypool is getting dialed back a little bit after the nonsense that he had two games ago that may have it definitely cost the Steelers at least one play and it may have actually cost them the game. So I'm a little hesitant to take the over on that one, but it wouldn't surprise me if it did happen. Uh, And speaking of mistake and speaking of one play, Dave, I screwed you over because I left one of your plays out and we're talking about the Steelers chiefs game right now. So it's a little synergy, a little (laughs) thank you. Thank you, Alex, for leading me into the game that I simply forgot. All right, so Dave, what is your play in the Steelers and the Chiefs as well? I told you I did a lot of studying this week, and and we're definitely doing a lot of studying on the run game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, okay, okay. I'm not 45, 50 Najee. yards? I'm not talking about Najee Harris. Oh, okay. There's a prop out there on Ben Roethlisberger under two and a half rush yards. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw that, and I thought wow. for a second, 
has Roethlisberger even like run the ball this year? Does, is this a thing that's happening? He's almost 40 years old. What's going on? He's had positive rush yards. So more than zero rush yards in three games all year and in six games in his last two years. I don't see why the Steelers are going to change from that, given how old he is, given the problems with the offensive line. You think about a quarterback that runs the football. There's usually two ways that that happens. Number one, he's an athletic talent who gets the ball and it's a drawn up run play and he's following his blockers and he goes. Roethlisberger may not have even done that since like his first year in the NFL. So (laughs) that's out the window. So the only other way that this could happen is if Roethlisberger has time in the pocket or maybe even maybe even escapes the pocket, leaves the pocket to try and throw downfield. And then if nobody's open, he can say, "Okay, well, I can gain some yards. He's left the pocket 44 times this season, 3.4 times per game. It's 30th among quarterbacks in the NFL. So he almost never does that either. The guy is a 39-year-old statue behind a bad offensive line against a Chiefs defense that's getting Chris Jones back right in the middle of that D-line. That's a huge problem for them. And here's the other thing. Let's just say I'm wrong for the first three and a half quarters of the game, and Roethlisberger has three rushing yards and the Steelers are winning and the clock's winding down. Oh no. And Roethlisberger takes a knee. Oh, I know it's bad. Maybe this isn't likely to happen because it involves the Steelers and Roethlisberger taking a knee, but he takes (laughs) the knee to lose a yard. Maybe it happens at the end of the first half. That'll cost him a yard back. Bottom line is I don't think Roethlisberger is going to run. I just don't think that that's going to be something that's part of the Steelers game plan. And I don't think he'll be inclined to do it unless the Steelers just leave him 10, 15 yards of open space in front of him. So I'm taking the under at minus 115. Uh, I love this prop. I, I, I mentioned earlier with Cortland Sutton, sometimes you see lines that I mentioned putting a blindfold on and just taking it because the line just makes sense, like just from a projection standpoint. This is one of those spots as well. Anytime Ben Roethlisberger has a rushing attempt line set at two and a half yards, and you can get us under at minus 115, you take this 10 out of 10 times. So yeah, this has uh, the prop stars seal of approval on it, Uncle Dave. I love this. I love that. Do you, do you actually have a notary, just like a notary does, to actually put your your stamp? I would, that, that That's next level. We're going to need to sell that at the brand new early edge store that we're working on currently. Uh, by the way, in the chat, uh, David says, if Ben tries to run tomorrow, Melvin Ingram will try and go get him. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, possibly true. Uh, all right. I think we have got to everything. One other, one other play. And I've got to come to you, Dave, because sure. Alex hates quarterback props. Hates them. Hates them. Taylor quarterback touchdown props, coach. Quarterback yeah, touchdown props. One of those. And I've got two quarterback props today. So <laughs> well, see, you're always <laughs> filling the hole yeah. for us. Uh, Taylor Heineke's number is, is two twenty three and a half, and it's juiced to minus one fifteen in his return from the COVID list. Definitely could see this one going over. Uh, I I think he's probably among the most inconsistent quarterbacks in the NFL starting right now. And I know that this is a really, really good Dallas defense. Cowboys have been winning games with defense. But I could see, especially if there's no Antonio Gibson, let's preface it like that. If there's no Antonio Gibson, I like the chance of of Heineke getting over this total. We had Gibson and his under 
last week, and we cashed that because he went out of the game, hurt what third quarter, early fourth, Alex, something like that. Uh, but yeah, I I I, doubt I, I think Maestro that. had his receiving over, and that hit on the very first offensive play of the game as well. It, it, it most certainly did. Yeah, it was only like sixteen or fifteen, something yep. like that. So yeah, we uh, we certainly had Gibson, uh, and this week we want to fade if he is or play if he is out. Uh, all right. We have got to everything you guys asked for in the chat. So hopefully you enjoyed it today. Uh, tell all your friends you need to watch this show on demand. But if you are starving for more props, we will be live on Saturday, Christmas Day. Me and Mikey at 1130 a.m. Eastern time on something new that we're going to try called Twitter Spaces. Go to our sports line. Twitter we will have a link there. You can come on. You can actually ask us questions. It's all audio, no video. We're going to break down both games on Saturday, talk all props. Then, of course, on Sunday, our noon Eastern show, all props with sides and totals. And then 720 Eastern, we count down to Sunday night football. Yes, Alex. Coach, I'm going to come on with a voice modulator so you won't be able to recognize me. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I will know when you say, so, Coach, uh, the A dot for uh, that receiver. Can you tell me? <laughs> that Alex, I know that's you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's what we're going to do. I like to uh, end every single show, allowing my guys 20 to 30 seconds to say what they're most looking forward to this week. So jeweler, throw up the recap page. We will kill two birds with the proverbial one stone. And Dave, as everybody takes the screenshot of, and I've told you this year, if you just do this, if you just fast forward to the end of the show, if you watch on demand, that's dangerous. You need to listen to the information. It's all about the information. All right, Dave, what are you most looking forward to this week? Well, first of all, I'm looking forward to like the games actually being played and that the players actually playing. Hopefully there's no more players that are going to be missing due to COVID absences or anything else. And now I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what Nick Foles has left for Chicago. I'm kind of a sicko when it comes to weak football. But I'm also looking forward to watching two players that are on both of our lists, Nick Chubb, who we disagree on, and Zach Ertz, who we agree on. We'll see how these guys do. And guess what? That's happening on Christmas Day for both of them. Well, that's a great Christmas present for all of us to see you two in a sports line showdown history making event. Alex, what are you most looking forward to? Yeah, I'm looking forward to tomorrow evening. Uh, I want to say early into the fourth quarter. Cleveland trailing by six points. Uh, Nick Chubb receives his 19th carry and goes over triple digits. I then shoot a text out to Uncle Dave with a little emoji, uh, the fire emoji. I think I'm going to choose that one, maybe with some hearts following it. And I'm most looking forward to Dave's reaction to said text message. That I will also, be I also. my Christmas, Coach. That will be the Christmas gift that keeps on giving. And I will share the screenshot next week as well, Coach. Oh, my God. I, I, I personally would love to see that. I really would. But either way. I just like watching you guys have a showdown. I love it so, so much. As We did. had a bet on our last showdown that I won. I oh, I know. The I know. It stinks. It cost me two before. pizzas. Oh, I, I am. Did you get him yet? Josh Reynolds. Did so you we get the pizzas yet? For this one. Well, the normal, the, the, we have a normal amount, which we don't broadcast on the show. That is mm-hmm. standard, but the two people who make the showdown can do whatever they want to do. It's usually so about the cost of a Ferrari. Yeah. I mean, easy. 
100 mid size yeah oh yeah. 75 grand okay uh all right that's gonna do it for us uh, i do want to end the show myself i will not be on uh tomorrow i'll be on the twitter spaces but i won't see all of you so i want to wish every single one of you a merry christmas this is a very very special time of year for me and my family three years ago my dad my beloved papa coach he had a heart transplant still alive kicking doing better than ever and it happened right around Christmas three years ago in Kansas City. So I always like to give a shout out to the wonderful doctors. I'm telling you, you've never been through a transplant, let alone a heart transplant. You never know the amazing ability that human beings have to keep other human beings alive. So this holiday means the world to me, my family. So Merry Christmas, all you happy holidays. Pay it forward, be kind to one another. And we do this here professionally because we love it so much but we love all of you at home and we love that you probably didn't know a year ago you'd make us a part of your life and that means the world to us all right so on this christmas eve there's only one thing left to do and you all know what that is you've got your marching orders let's take all of these props straight to the pay window. For my entire crew, Uncle Dave, prop stars, the jeweler on the ones and the twos. He's our executive producer that puts it all together here at the brand and our entire team from the early edge. And of course, Sportsline. There's so many people that make this possible. Merry Christmas. We'll see you tomorrow. We're seven days a week, 365 days a year, and we mean it right here on the early edge. Good luck. <laughs> 